Hey! Hi! Welcome to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana and Marnie. So, it snowed last night. It did. Is it bad that I've been, I was in the house for most of the day apart from going to church and it wasn't until like eight, nine o'clock I got a phone call from my dad going, yeah, because it's snowing outside and I'm like, what? So I, all my windows were closed, not my, my windows were closed of course, but also my curtains were. So I didn't know that there was actually a thick blanket of snow outside my house. Kids were out there doing snow angels yeah. and making snowmen. I'm like, wow, it's a winter wonderland. I was at my grandma's and then I left yeah. and it was snowing. Yeah. And the car had said, oh, it's snowing outside. And I'd said, whatever. And <laughs> went to take the rubbish out. I was like, oh, it's snowing, snowing. I didn't have a hood. Ah! So I fashioned a hood out of my scarf. Or your wig. <laughs> no, because I was like, I don't have time to restyle this wig. So I had to fashion my scarf out of, uh, a hood out of my scarf, and walk home. When I got to my door, I had to shake all the snow off me. Because oh it was properly coming yeah. down, not even small flakes, like proper, proper yeah. snow. Got in the house, and I thought, that'll be fine. Went to the window before I went to bed, and I was like, there is a full blanket of snow yeah. over everything right now. And then, as I was sleeping, I don't know about you, but... It was so bright outside because of the snow. I where I sleep, there's no like I have a skylight and I'm not my right. bed's not near I have it. to keep the curtain open because if I close the curtain, I will sleep until twelve o'clock. Oh, for real? Yeah. If it's dark, I'll just stay asleep. Yeah, I mean. So I have to keep the window open yeah. so that when it's light out, at least that will trigger me to wake up. That didn't work today because it was light the whole time. So I was just like, da, 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 da. and then I got up and it was like my alarm went off at seven thirty. And I messaged um, the office run, uh, the office assistant and I said, we come into work today or no? And he said, I'm in the office. No. He was in the office at nine. I'm so, I'm sorry. I was in bed and I said, oh, for sake. No. So I got up and I got to work at 10 o'clock and I don't regret it because I really felt like if I was at home, I would have been like, oh, I need to get cozy and sit in bed and yeah. not done any work. That, so it was yeah. the right thing for me to go into the office. I think, But the office was empty. Yeah, I'm not surprised because cause I messaged you yesterday going, oh, we're going to do this recording. I'm going to the office. This was before I realised it was snowing. Then I messaged you going, oh. Second thought. Second thought, it's not happening. I'm going to be coming from home because it's snowing outside. Also, the way the trains act on just like a couple of flakes of yeah. snow, the way I know that the blankets that we were seeing yesterday, there's no way the trains are going to be running. So I was like, I'm not even going to risk it. So that was going to be my question to you. Why do you think it is that the UK, after years and years of being the kind of climate where it snows, falls apart <laughs> as soon as it snows? Because we really do fall apart. No, I do. There were like severe delays on the Northern Line today. I said, why? I think it's because we're just not built. And Severe no, delays on the Bakerloo. I said, why? why? It's because the most of the Bakerloo line is overground. Is overground, especially when you get out of, you know, Oxford Circus past then, I mean, you go more north. But I think it's just because, like, we are not built like that. Our, our temperature like no, that? Our it's freezing! No, our, tem our temperature for most of the year, really and truly, is quite temperate. Five. It's neutral. Like, it, it's just cold, but it's not, like, it's cold, but not icy. Cold, but not, not snowy. It's springtime, and there's a bit of rain, a bit of wind. We don't get that extreme weather like Iceland or Poland. So we're just not built like that. And also we're too cheap to actually pay for it, for ourselves to safeguard ourselves for things like this. Do you think it will snow on Christmas day? Yeah, and no, do you know what? Those are the days when it's nice, because I'm not going anywhere. I am. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have to gather my family. We don't oh. live in my home. Yeah, so I'm sorry. A lot of gathering. No, but the thing is, I don't drive. This yeah, is the time where I'm just like. I wish I could drive. But that I being I said, I was hearing that a lot of cars were just like sliding left and right, crashing into each Me? other. Me, my two legs sliding left and right. So <laughs> I would not trust myself on a car in this, <laughs> in, this, in this environment, in this chaos. I actually think it's crazy that cars can't. Like even when it, when it's no cars are like oh my goodness why can't your car what's the whole point if you have a tires you can't grip it's no. snow no some some of these cars are like built for like snowy weather like you know the Land Rovers of the world I'd but, like a, like I think I would do really well on a Land Rover yeah like a yeah. Land Rover yeah I would love I love an all terrain car even though I live in the middle of a city. You're the kind of person that will have that massive Big, four by four, and you'll come out. You like you little petite yourself. Hey, yeah, it's just me. Sorry, I have to get a little step ladder to get out of my own car. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. I remember I was just going to a house with my sister, and the the estate agent. I mean, she's as petite as my sister, and she came in this massive car. I was like, wow. I was like, the estate agent money is running well. And then she came out, and she looked so small. And I mean it. She was like tiny. I feel like they should have had a step to get her out of the car. Yeah. But I was just like, well, you know, money talks. Yeah. A friend of ours, like, before we were off driving age, we would talk about how we were both going to get Jeeps or Land Rovers and then be beeping to each other because it's going to be so funny that we were both so small inside of the car. (laughs) And I was like, you are going to look crazy in this, like, the steering wheel and your eyes are at the same level. That'd be hilarious. And neither one of us drive cars now. Not yet. Not yet. No. I don't know. I just love being a passenger. Of course you do. Of course. When we went to go and see our friends. <laughs> that um, was not enjoyable. That was not. But so this is what happened. Just to give you context. We, the group of girlies, were going to see another friend who lives outside London. She she basically does. Countryside though. She does. Village. So Village is a stretch. <laughs> kind of is. It's not a village. It's in Surrey. Village. It's a suburb. It's not it, a village. Okay, it was small. It was. I've small. been to a village. It's I have. much more disparate okay. than that. All I'm just saying that. is, com- in in comparison to London, is it's comparably much smaller. So a friend of ours, Caroline. Yeah. She was gonna drive us to the place. Mind you, there was five of us in that car plus Caroline's son. Yeah. So that was six people in one car. And she didn't have a four by four. It was like no, a normal, you a know, hatchback. five a hatchback, five seater, whatever, five door, sorry. And we, yeah, we, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like the word hatchback, I don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Again, all the gear, no idea. <laughs> but we all squashed ourselves in, squeezed the, the child, did a bit journey. of some lapping. As it wasn't about, safe. It wasn't safe. As we were sitting there trying to squeeze ourselves in, my girl Marnie was like, well. For the amount of people that can drive in this car, four of us had licenses. Yeah, it's pathetic. It's actually so bad that we didn't actually just go and get a car. Hire a car. I'm like, you, the only person that doesn't have a license, sitting there on your high horse. I just feel like, the passenger that you guys, are. I'm not broke. And if you had said we were going to squash into such a small car, I would have said, let's hire another car. Some of you guys can drive. No, but I don't like driving on the motorway. We're barely on the motorway. To me, we're on the motorway for ten minutes. Okay, so let me. Okay, let me. Let me so not elaborate. You, me, yeah, not me. Let me elaborate. I don't like driving long distances. And you're 15... lying. Only three of you could drive. Two of us could not drive. 
No. Okay, sorry, three of us. Three. Sorry. But either way, the fact that you, I are... think three of us, one of us of the three, one of the three is a professional pr- passenger as well. So really, yeah, true. Me. So you need to get you buck up your ideas about I'm too scared to drive on the motorway. I will one day, but like just not then. And the fact that you of all people were like, but none of you could, could get an extra car. I'm like, wow. Passenger lifestyle must be must be so nice. I don't understand that lifestyle. I honestly just think in life, some of us are supposed to be driven and some of us are supposed to drive. And I happen to be one of those people who's supposed to be driven. And I've unfortunately ended up just by default becoming the driver. There's something and it's about annoying. me opening the door and then being like, are you ready to go? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. And I roll up the wind, the like, you know, that divider between the driver and I'm the passenger. So... That's... Oh, oh, that's the kind of passenger you are. Yeah. I'm done. Luxury car, luxury lifestyle. I'm so done. This girl's like oh, out here for soft life. You need to you need to work hard to get soft life, okay? I I, I remind so many people that because they're like, I want my soft I life. I don't believe I want my soft that life. for me. I, maybe for you, but I honestly just, think I have such a winning personality. So do I. That I think I could persuade someone to spend part with their hard-earned money <laughs> so that I can live the soft life that I deserve. And if you don't believe that in your life, what is the point? Of it? I just. What is the point of living if you don't believe that you deserve a soft life for free? For free? There's no... (laughs) I told you my winning personality. It is your winning personality, but I just think, for me, I find it hard. I feel like I've I've always had to be the driver. That's because you're all my life, you know, I've been working so hard. Same! And I'm not trying to do that. I don't want to work. No one does. (laughs) No one does. What I just think is that some of us especially deserve soft life because we're tired. <laughs> Go and get a pillow and take a snack. I would love to take, and that's what I, exactly. But I can't because I have to get up in the morning <laughs> and work. And that's why I need someone else to work for me so I could do sleeping. I'm so good at that. <laughs> this is like you talk about being like cute at work. There's some people that can be just get away with being cute at work, yeah. be a bit sassy. And yeah. some of us who are like working by the book. Exactly. And if you don't, Listen, some of us do their work and some of us don't finish the stories they were supposed to write <laughs> in English. And that's why I deserve sassy life, easy life, soft life. And that's why you, sorry, a hustler. And one of us will be richer than the other for sure. And that'll be you. You will be net worth more than I will have. But, but do you know what? Beyonce did, uh, that did say a diva is a female version of, of a, a hustler. hustler. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you'll be a diva and I'll be a kept woman. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. I'll be doing, in our, as we've seen in our, our review later, I'll be doing, my husband gets up to whatever he gets up to uh, and you just have to find ways to cope. And that'll be, be me. And I'll be Aubrey Plaza's um, character. Yes, we should my husband. Oh, <laughs> Apparently, I have so many questions about that because I love how ambiguous it was. Yeah, but But we'll get to that. Before we get to the review, though, we've got to get to pop culture news. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) how is Marty getting an egg guitar out? Usually I cut that part. I'm keeping it. And I'm like, obviously it doesn't sound like that. (laughs) Obviously it doesn't sound anything like that. But (laughs) let's hear the hot culture news. So, turns out that love is blind is a gift that keeps on giving. Oh yeah. There has been. Well, I found out from a TikTok, as we seem to do on this podcast. Same. That Brennan has a criminal record. 
specifically for domestic violence. He beat up his girlfriend at the time. Um, beat her until she was unconscious and then continued to beat her while she was unconscious. Jesus. Um, he is six foot four, I think they said. In, yeah. in it, and she was like five two. two. Yeah. And um, twenty. she was 22 and he was 30. How old was he on the show? He's 32. So two oh, years... he was... I should take it back. So they got married last year. So he was 31. On the show? Yeah. So it would have been a year prior. Yeah. I hate this mm. for several reasons. Yeah. But I want to open the discussion up in general on these shows because we had a similar incident on maths. Yeah. Um, where a person with three outstanding cases, like the cases weren't closed, no. of harassment of um, ex-partners George, was allowed yeah. to come onto a show where he was going to match with a woman and have to marry her and date her for the like foreseeable future was able to do that and now we have this what the hell is going on in the offices where people aren't fielding the applicants as well as they should i get that we we live in a time that is a little bit more tech savvy and a little bit more intrusive yeah. than past shows like i imagine if you got every single reality tv show that had come out in the past 10 years up several of those contestants probably have some sort of case against oh, them a hundred percent but the difference is now any one of us know how to search up yeah. anyone yeah and it's so much more embarrassing for us to find out post the show through a yeah. TikTok sleuth than for the show to do the research, go, I don't think this will play well, especially when it's a domestic violence case. Yeah. In, similar in George's case, if it was that he get drunk and disorderly, that's one thing, because that's not a relationship thing. Yeah. For you to have beaten your partner unconscious, for you to be stalking okay. your ex, you should not be on a show about dating and or getting married to women. Being in an intimate relationship with a woman. It, I think it's just it's so Who doesn't messy. have, who as part of the show doesn't have any prior knowledge about. If I make a choice to date a man with a criminal record, that's on me. But where the production staff have put you in a position to be in a relationship or for, for somebody yeah. who they cannot guarantee you are safe with. That's crazy. No. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that when they're vetting, there's a lot of filters that a lot of production companies use when they're looking at who could be a contestant on this show. And I'll be honest, when you think about the, the actual factors and the stakes in terms of falling in love and getting married, those are the bottom of the list. The main things are entertainment value. Who is the person that's going to bring the drama? Who's the person that's going to be super transparent? Who's the person that has trauma that will need to like overcome it to be able to like find the love of their life and make a great story. So a lot of it is about building the story from a production perspective and actually thinking about the real life person. And so that's why you're finding these characters who some of them are not even applying for the show. They've been reached out to on Instagram because they have a following. That's another factor. Or they look good, another factor. And that's why they've been called on this show versus them actually being intrigued and actually want to fall in love so that's one aspect i also do think some of these production companies are being bare lazy so so lazy i know this show that, that i watch um another dating show that and you don't watch and is a franchise that i love in america the bachelor franchise they have three different shows the bachelor the bachelorette for the um, female leads and then also the bachelor in paradise and i kid you not over the last probably couple of years 
when they release their their cast of potential suitors they're not doing any vetting they just put them online and literally wait for the scandals to arrive they're literally wait for people on social media on twitter on you know in their past life to dig up and find dirt on the people and then they'll use that dirt to kick the person off the show before they even start filming so now they're just using the public to do their work when they should be doing their own due diligence themselves and that's why i'm it's become quite sad that a lot of the priorities have changed in terms of making a tv show that's entertainment and drama and they're missing what we love in these shows or i love a lot is the romance and the love and the relationships and the marriages and then hopefully the kids all that is just completely left to one side and i think that's why you're seeing this kind of corrupt and almost lazy type of vetting and that's leading to consequent like these big stories being found out about like domestic violence or stalking or in the case of um the bachelorette the most recent series the guy who won did blackface and they've had previous winners quote unquote who have like said racially insensitive things or like um discriminatory stuff on social media and it's all been dug up it's just like casting people do better that's all i can say do better yeah there's something about the characters i was saying this to shoshana off air something about the people that want to go onto a reality TV show that you should already be wary of. Mm. And that's why I think they sometimes cast people by them going out and finding people on Instagram. But I think even that has its drawbacks because just because I've had a large following doesn't mean I'm a good person. Yeah. I feel like particularly in George's case, it was the fact that he created a narrative on the show that he's been so burnt in the past. His, his partner cheated on him and that's why he had all these trust issues. That it also it almost felt worse because he was trying to convince us that he was a victim. Yeah. And that in itself is a form of gaslighting that is equally dangerous because you're like, well, I have to protect him. But it turns out April needed protecting from him. Yeah. Um, and then she went to go into therapy right after the show ended. Yeah, which you would only at the very least offer because yeah. you potentially put someone in, a, in an abusive relationship for views yeah um and then you know on the other hand you're like i can imagine people being like well she also signed up for a show so you get what you get it's like i don't think she signed up to be in an abusive relationship um that's a separate show yeah that you that i don't think anyone signs up for but i think in brennan and alexa's case like it's so scary because their theirs is the only love story from the show yeah and to think that, like, potentially Alexa is finding out as we are finding out about this yeah. and having to be like, who is this man that I'm lying in the bed next yeah. to? Oh, I just want to see Alexa's dad. Alexa's dad just come and rain fire on him. Yeah, or potentially he's said to her, oh, by the way, X, and she's married him anyway. Yeah. But what I find, what my immediate thought, and this is, I guess, a dark thought in terms of, like, talking about what these shows mean and the way that we are consuming them as if they are drama and not real. Um, I was like, oh, I wonder how Alexa's going to play this. Yeah. Because now all of her posts are going to be, how are you still married to this abuser? Mm-hmm. How can you stand by this abuser? You realise your husband's an abuser. If she doesn't want to lose whatever clout she has gathered from the show, yeah. she has to play this very carefully. Yeah. But also, this is a person that she's in love with. Yeah. So do you make a decision based on, well, if I want to protect my brand, I have to divorce him. 
if I love him, I have to stay with him. And equally, this is a conversation, this was a conversation we were having last week about um, Chris Brown, right? Yeah. If the person's done something to, has atoned for their crimes, can we hold it against them for the rest of their life? And I wonder if there's something about the fact that, you know, we've had to find this out outside of the show and not on the show that makes us feel like he clearly hasn't atoned and he must be punished. I mean, he could have well have and truly told Alexis in the pods, this is my past life, this is the mistakes I've made. But really and truly, had he admitted it, he wouldn't be on the show. Exactly. They were cut, or someone in production knew, and when he was talking about it, they cut it out of the show, and we never saw it. Oh. I will say also, we did say that they're the only couple, but Matt and Kalina also together. Please. And that, that's, <laughs> that one appears like an abusive relationship. That did, and we could be completely wrong. <laughs> and we'll wait and see how that turns yeah, out. But um, I was going to say about Brennan and Alexa, such a short amount of time has passed since it happened. Yeah. How could you possibly have done the work before you jumped into your next relationship? Yeah. And obviously, everyone will say, there's two sides of the story, blah, blah, blah. I don't think there's ever a reason for a man to put hands on a woman. Um, it's very rare, but, I'm sure it, but it does happen that a yeah. woman puts hands on a man and he yeah. must defend himself. Yeah. But we don't know either way mm. and i would just say blanket statement men don't hit women that's how yeah. we that's how we um conduct ourselves in society yeah. men that's don't what, hit women that's how we've always been taught so that is something if he is capable of that he needs to work through before he goes on a show about yeah. dating yeah. and i worry about alexa's safety mm. first and foremost like you know the businesses of it aside and how is she gonna keep her clout whatever is this woman safe now? Yeah. Because, oh yeah, you could say he was like, oh, that was a moment of madness. We were in a really bad relationship. Me and Alexa were in a good place. We, I'd never do that to her. But equally, we don't know. No, no. And that is what I'm, that's what makes me so nervous about these shows now. And I, I don't know if this happened last year, but it's definitely happened this year, both on Maps and on Love is Blind, which we both, which, both of which we've reviewed. Yeah. That makes me think, these aren't safe shows for women. No. They're just not safe shows for women. No. And yeah, cast as many men as you like. Why do you have the men date each other then? <laughs> because you well, he's all going to have problematic men. toxic men. Yeah. Let, just literally do a season of toxic men and let them fight it out. Stop Is putting women in F-Boy positions. Is that Island? That was FBI yeah, Island. there's a woman on that. Just stop putting women in positions where... I don't think, even if you sign up to do a reality show, that that, that means there is not a duty of care to you. Oh, a hundred percent. Stuff like this is why Jeremy Kyle got cancelled. Stuff like this yeah. is why Love Island almost got cancelled yeah. because there is not a duty of care. Yeah. And we, all of us, are literally our government had to step in and say something is not making sense yeah. here about a TV show. About a TV show, you are deliberately picking people who are vulnerable mm. and putting them in even more vulnerable positions and are trying to wash your hands of whatever comes afterwards. Yeah. If, if God forbid. Brennan were to ever do anything to Alexa, I think Alexa would be well in her rights to hold the production company liable. Because I would never would have met this person without you putting us in, in contact with each other. So, and that is not a position I think you as a production company ever want to be in. Yeah. I work a production company and we make fiction shows, I think for this very reason, I don't ever want someone to be like, because of you, yeah. X. It's, it's one of those hard things is like, from a production perspective and actually just taking it back, if 
hate to be hate to give the kind of like pessimistic but also this kind of realist view that the way that we watch tv is we want to be constantly shocked like remember the days when a sex scene was like under a cover and like two seconds or they kiss they they lie under the duvet and then the next scene is they wake up and you have the assumption that they've had sex now we're seeing full-on sex scenes now there's like things like Lady Chastity's Lover, which is a film on Netflix, which is yeah, but that, soft core. Porn. Yeah, but that book is soft core porn. Yeah, I'm okay. So I don't blame yeah, them. But who? But where, it's been adapted before. Yeah, yeah, but probably not to that extreme. I mean, it's for the BBC. So. Yeah, again, but also like the way that we view TV and content in general is just more extreme. Game of Thrones, for goodness sake, like we saw like, incest. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yes, we did, but they weren't actually siblings. <laughs> I know, you said but... that we saw incest, like, they hired two actors who were brother and sister and made them have sex. No, they didn't. No, well, I'm just but trying to the say, theme of the, the theme was, was there. Explored. The sex scenes were so much more graphic. That's the word. We are now in a world where we're just so desensitised to graphic visuals and to the extremes. And that is the world we live in. And so in our reality TV shows, even though it's about real life, we want to see extreme drama. That's how shows like Love and Hip Hop became as big as it did. That's when true. we were seeing people beating each other up and we're That's like, yes, true. go for it, drag her. And then now everyone's like, but be kind though. I'm sorry, you, as consumers, we have to speak up. If we don't want to be hearing these horror stories at the end, we have to be like, well, these are not the shows that I should be investing my time yeah. and energy in. And on the flip side, if you're going on these shows, I'm... I hate to say it, but you also have to have your own duty of care because the the external factors, the producers, they ain't going to be doing that for you. If you're going to go on there, you need to have your wits end about you. You need to know exactly why you're going on. Have and your wits uh, about you. So your wits end, your wits end is when you're like, oh, I've had it up to here. I think you should have that too. <laughs> you should have your wits and your wits end and know when to push back because a lot of people become really manipulated on these shows and it, a, lot of it is, a lot of it is Dangle's kind of bribes on carrots like oh you're gonna be rich you're gonna be famous you're gonna have a massive following on instagram or on social media and a lot of people don't they don't and so if you go on these shows expect that these are now case studies but these are actual real things that are happening on these type of shows you're not gonna come out on skate so i always feel like i always fall on the side of the contestants and you always fall on the side of the viewers in this conversation in which case you say you say sorry good luck and i say <laughs> We've got to do more. But I do, I do think, and this is sort of not my final point because I, at point, because I actually do think we need an ongoing conversation about this collectively as a society and as mm. people, as producers, about what we're providing and how much we're willing to do to provide it. But um, on the most recent season of Drag Race, Canada's, it's called Canada versus the World. They have a bunch of queens from Canada queens from all over the world who are who've already competed in drag race before why canada i thought it'd be like because it's, they have no but they they do it everywhere so there was oh, a uk versus okay. well, like okay. as well and one of the queens from canada who actually won her season recently um bowed out of the competition and this is not the first time a queen has just said i can't do this mm. But I feel like we're seeing it more and more recently because people feel more empowered mm. to be, I'm going to put my mental health and my sanity first. And I think a lot of people from earlier seasons would say, the show put me through the ringer. 
and I never felt like I could leave. Yeah. So I was like locked in and it made me crazy. And that was my lasting legacy. And I think a lot of people are understanding how permanent these yeah. things feel. Yeah. And there was actually Queen on there who in her season was the villain of her season and came back specifically for All Stars to show people that like, I'm a lot more than that person. Yeah. And says like, my experience of Drag Race that first time around was awful. I was the best queen where I was from. Yeah. Came on the show and I was one of 10. Yeah. And nothing I did was exceptional. Yeah. And it fucked with me because I was like, how can you tell me I'm not exceptional? Everyone I know tells me I'm exceptional. Yeah. And like, that feels like a, oh yeah, good for her, come up, she's getting her comeuppance. And as a viewer watching it, I was like, she's a monster, get her off the show. She's going for our for our star of the season. And the person that she was beefing with ended up winning the season. But like, watching it back now, and like seeing her, her run since then, I just think like, yeah, you're on a TV show. Yeah. And they don't give a heck about what you're going through. Because to hear her talk about it, it's actually so, seems quite traumatic. Like, yeah. I don't know what I would do if I went somewhere where I thought I was gonna be, you know, lauded and praised as a star. And then just be hearing negative critique after negative critique. It's really hard. Nobody yeah. thinks about how hard it would be to stand up in front of someone and every week hear negative comments about yourself. And we used to love things like America's Next Summer. Exactly. Um, it. And then somehow expect that person to come back next week and be like, I'm ready to fight. Three weeks in a row, someone telling you you're not special and you're not very pretty. Ask me if you can get up the next day and take, take what, 10 pictures? with a spider on your face, covered in vomit. Like, they put you in such extreme situations. And I think Love is Blind is the same. I think Mass is the same. They put you, like the show works because it's an extreme situation and it pushes people. Um, But I also feel like for me, if I was a producer, I would want to get incredibly level-headed people because getting the most vulnerable people is easy TV. Yeah but I think it has more lasting repercussions than getting someone who is able to, once they've done the show, been like, that was a really crazy experience, but I actually have a good head on my shoulders. Getting someone who's already like, ooh, on the cast. Just push them over the edge. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't think you come back from it sometimes. And we've seen it time and time again. We saw it in early stages of of Big Brother. Like, look at Jade Goody. We love Jade Goody. Then we turned on Jade Goody. Then we love Jade Goody. Like. Imagine how chaotic it is to hear that the entire public love you and the entire public hate you. It's a lot. And then live the rest of your life like she had a, hu- a husband, a partner, she had children. Yeah. And the general public think you're scum. I'm not saying that what she did was right at all, what she did was wrong, but what I'm saying is like, most people fuck up, and I forgot I said this last week, most people fuck up on a small scale. Yeah. Like if I go to a party and I say something out of turn, 16 people hear that, 16 people think I'm a shit. If I'm now being recorded and the entire country can hear me at my lowest saying the entire most world. shittiest things and then I have to live with that for the rest of my life, it is not the same. No, no. And that's when we get into those conversations about how does someone come back from it? I think if you know Brennan in real life, right? Yeah. And he's like, I, I would never, I've literally, I was at the, my rock bottom. I should never have done that. I've apologized to her. I've gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. That man, deserves to one day find love, get married, enjoy his life because he's done the work. When that happens and you've gone on TV acting like you're the big guy and you're a good guy, suddenly everyone feels betrayed and they want your head. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm surprised that Cole and the other people have not come up and spoken up about it because 
remember when in the reunion where Cole was basically calling Zainab crazy and Brennan jumped in, don't call her crazy. I don't like that name being called, anyone being called crazy. The way you disrespected Zainab, the way you disrespected women. And I'm like, oh, even, even now I'm deep in it, how manipulative yeah. that was. Yeah. And again, it's just about like, you, why did you come on this show? Was it to repair an image that no one knew? No one knew who you were. Or is it the fact, like you were saying before off air, like the whole like ego aspect of it? Like you want you want your names to be in lights. I think but like the why? Yeah, the most prolific abusers are people who genuinely think that they are God's gift and the yeah. people that they've abused are nothing yeah. and therefore they can get away with what they did. I had a thought as so you just said that about um oh not quite gas love bombing. Yeah. And there are so many things that like are borderline abusive or borderline fine depending on a pattern of behaviour, right? Mm. And watching him on the show, you're like, he just he loves Alexa and he's decided on Alexa. Now with the hindsight of this domestic violence um charge, I'm like, was he love bombing her? Is that what he did to his ex? Yeah. Get you into, lulling you into a full sense of security and now you're stuck. And then if he lashes out at you, you're just sort of like, oh, that's not like him. He would never, like, yeah. I must have really pushed him because actually he's been nothing but lovely to me, lovely to me up until this point. It was about Brenner specifically, the way that he was so amenable to everything yeah. that um, Alexis asked, the dad wanted, the prenup, you know, living in her life. Uh, is this guy yeah, is he, completely and, 419? And that's what I, and that's <laughs> what I think is so interesting. One especially interesting about this season, more so than the previous seasons, is that like we are constantly shifting. The narrative is constantly shifting. Yeah. We watched that whole season thinking Cole was a piece of shit. Then we saw that scene with the cuties and we're like, oh, mm. was it her the whole time? That You know how my feeling is. I still think Cole's a piece of shit. So. But, that, but I now feel like not because he wants to be a bad guy, just because he's immature. Yeah. And that doesn't make him a good guy. It just makes him not malicious. He doesn't have malicious intent. Mm. Here with the Brennan stuff, it's like, oh, Brennan's loving a woman the way a woman should be loved. Now you're like, is Brennan love bombing this woman in a setup to put her in a situation where she can't get out? Oh, God. And that, to me, is so unsettling and such an unsettling indictment of dating in 2022 where you cannot be sure that you're in a good thing or a bad thing until the because the narrative is constantly shifting yeah. is this man being good to me because he likes me or is he being good to me because he's heard i got a good job and i got some money oh god is this it actually just works the, the trust Literally, literally. And there's issues that you have around it. I, I, it's just crazy. And now you have to be asking people when you meet them, what's your full name so I can look you up on? Yes, fam! Just please pray before you go on your dates. <laughs> pray hard. We do some fasting and praying, honestly. Honestly, I actually, I don't, I genuinely don't know. Like, I've been, I've been a person who's been on dates with men I've met on the internet and done no, I did not do a D, D, what's it, DS, DBS check. Yeah. The thing that teachers have to do. I've not done DBS checks on them. I haven't even Googled them. I've just been like, you know, God is guiding. Anyway, <laughs> now I'd be like, are you crazy? God no, is guiding. I need last name. God has taught you intelligence. Google him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I even do try and do photo check. Photo, photo search that, that guy. I'm very lucky. I've never been catfished. N- neither have but I. But I have been hypefished. What's high food? Oh yeah, but where <laughs> someone takes photos where you don't know they're gonna be short, and then you meet them and they're short. Oh, uh, I. I've been hypefished. Really? No, I've not been hypefished. I've just been more like. 
Skinny fish. <laughs> All I'm going to say, there's some guys, you're deceptive. The way you be taking photos with those yeah, animals. Like, yeah, height fish. Height fish, height yeah. Fish is perfect Body example. fished. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, this is for dating scribbles. We'll go for It's for dating scribbles, but it's also for this. Yeah, yeah. Be telling the truth. Be vigilant. Be, be vigilant. Also, be vigilant. Look left and you'll look right 100%. before you step out on the road. And honestly, pray on it. Pray hard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not this podcast being a, a Christian podcast. <laughs> we can categorize it as one of those, like, you know those uh, what those girls define, the Christian girls on YouTube who do little videos about how to love your husband in a God-fearing way or whatever. Oh, yeah. The, now our podcast can be listening to The, the modesty woman. How to watch TV in a, in a God-fearing <laughs> Yes. Way. Sometimes you need to have that, your your prayer hat on when you're watching these shows. Absolutely, your prayer hat. When I watch... As um, she's trying to say, your prayer hat. <laughs> When I, when I um, watched Marvel Doctor Strange in the cinema, I was praying in tongues. Well, I... <laughs> I'm not lying. It was full of witchcraft demons. I'm not there for it. Anyway. And on that note, <laughs> speaking of witchcraft demons, um, motifs of people dying, very sort of Catholic imagery. Where are we going with this? On to the review of the week. Okay. The White Lotus. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So, our review for this week is The White Lotus, created and directed by, and written by Mike White. Mm-hmm. Mike White wrote School of Rock. No! Yeah. Mike White was also a contestant on Survivor. Interesting. <laughs> In the very first scene of the very first episode, mm-hmm. when Daphne, played by Megan Faye, who's also on the bold type, is talking to the two women about, you're going to love it here. They're two contestants from this, his season of Survivor. No! so interesting. And so Daphne just... goes paddling out to sea and what does she find? A dead body. Oh yeah. And that kickstarts the season. Yeah. That kickstarts, that is how the first season of White Lotus kickstarts. And yeah. so we, like the first season was so popular that HBO were like, do a second season. I think mm. we were all like, oh, how to do a second season of the show? And then we found out, oh, it's a chain yeah. of hotels. And Jennifer Coolidge, who was in the first season, is I in the saw. second. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, I wonder what Jennifer Coolidge is doing in the second season. And then it opens with the murder and you think, oh, I think they figured out what the franchise is exploring. And apparently every season someone will die. This season, they went, how about we triple, quadruple the number of people that die? Oh, yeah. And by the end of the season, there are four dead bodies. Mm. Spoiler alert, if you've not watched it, we're about to spoil a lot of things. Oh, yes. Yeah, so take your headphones out now. And watch the series. It's an amazing series. I'm, I'm surprised that I had not watched this series up to now. I still haven't watched series one, but Marnie was like, we should review series yes. two. So A reason why I said we should re- Well, I loved series one. Natasha Rothwell is in it and she's brilliant. From Insecure fame. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it and she's brilliant. The cast is incredible. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, who is in Euphoria, is in it. Yeah. And she even she's brilliant in it. And I watched it with my grandmother. And there's not lots of shows I get to watch with her because oh. she doesn't like comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't like anything where there's loads of talking. And actually, The White Lotus is quite slow in terms of action. But yeah. I think I was able to explain to her what was happening because it was slow per yeah. episode. So it's like, yeah. oh, these people are having a conversation. Like, in the first season, there was a couple who are on a honeymoon and it's not going well. And that's quite a simple thing to communicate. Like, yeah. these people have just got married and actually they're realising they're very different people. Um, so I was really looking forward to watching the second season with her, which I haven't done yet, but we'll watch over Christmas. Yeah. 
This season, I was excited because of the cast. Aubrey okay. Plaza is my ride or die. It's about Parks and Rex fame. Yeah. Um, she is just really how I imagine myself in the office in Parks and Rec. And I just follow her everywhere she goes. And seeing that she was on the White Lotus, I was like, this feels quite commercial a choice for her. Mm. But her character on the White Lotus is married to Will Sharp. Yes. Actually, do before we talk about any cast, can we just give a small bit of a premise yes. what the show is about? White Lotus is about a hotel. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> My, mind you, when I first watched it, episode one, and I, I mean the opener with the dead body floating in the water, I was like, is this a murder mystery? Is this a drama? Is this a comedy? I didn't know where to pinpoint it. And even- It's a lot, it's all of those things, yeah. isn't it? Because even as a murder mystery, you know a murder is coming. Yeah. And every scene you're like, trying to look for clues. Yeah. But the show is not trying to give you clues. No. Or it is, but it's not, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, the way that this murder came about, I would say the episode, like, in a similar way, in the in the first season, it's not till the finale when the person dies that you realise who it is going to yeah. be. Like, there's no, like, you feel like you might know who it is, but you're wrong. In this season, I feel like episode six set up something is fishy. Yeah. Actually, episode five did. Something is fishy on this little excursion from the holiday yeah. but it's not till you're in the episode that you're like oh <laughs> yeah this is where the antennas were raised i think that for me that happened at the in the finale and just taking it back the premise of the show is yeah it's based in a hotel and it follows the lives of a number of different guests in these hotels who you find out are almost weirdly connected in small different ways yeah i feel um, like sometimes like there are people who have done much better video essays than we will do on this podcast yeah. but like sometimes it, it feels like people are connected thematically yeah like this season i feel like there's a lot of couples yeah in the last season i don't there were families and okay. groups but not necessarily couples yeah this season felt like i mean with um harper and daphne and oh theo james's character will sharp's character i just saw spiller which i may be wrong and Ethan, Ethan, and Cameron Sullivan. Yes, Ethan, Cameron, Daphne, um, Harper. They are weirdly a group, two couples who've gone on holiday together specifically. But and Cameron and Ethan are friends or have been distant friends, friends. distant friends. Yeah, from I think school or university. Yeah, but they have quite a frayed relationship, but also a competitive yeah. relationship as well. And we learn that Ethan has recently sold his business and has now basically become a rich person. Yeah. And Cameron is like, come live the rich life of us on holiday. And initially, Harper and Ethan, I think they both think they're better than Daphne and Cameron. Like, Daphne and Cameron to them are these, like, rich, clueless dumbos. Yeah. Like, um, I think Daphne says that she didn't vote. And yeah. Harper is like you know, in bed after they've had dinner, like, she said she didn't vote. Like, who are these people? And you get the impression that, like, Daphne, um, Harper and Ethan think of themselves as, like, you know, pr like, smart, liberal, down-to-earth people yeah. who just happen to have come into some money. Yeah. And the White Lotus, as a hotel, 
corrupts that couple. Oh, 100%. I think for the better and for the worse. Yeah. Because they think that they're superior morally, but they don't have sex. No. Harper wants to have a child and Ethan doesn't. Yeah. They act like they've both made a decision not to have a child, but at the dinner table when Daphne brings it up, Harper is emotional yeah. about the choice that they seem to have made together. Yeah. And there are lots and lots of things unsaid in this relationship. Such a disconnected type of relationship. I think the sex was probably the biggest like signal. Like, oh, they're not having sex, but he's always like masturbating. Yeah, watching porn. porn. Yeah, and um, she's like almost entertaining Cameron's played by Theo James's advances because he is a avid cheater. Yeah, um, but initially she's not. There was a point where they have breakfast and then. Um, Cameron's suitcase didn't make it to the hotel so he doesn't have any swimming trunks doesn't mm. have anything and Ethan says oh I've got some swimming trunks you can God, borrow yeah. so Harper takes him up to the room and he strips in front of her damn and cho- <laughs> yeah I mean I mean um, apparently we're not complaining apparently real butt real butt but his penis is a prosthetic not that we see a lot of it on no. the show but you see like, you see I mean, you see a movement oh for real you see huh <laughs> that's oh, what I said. Really? I said that's oh, I a shadow. Yeah. Again, my eyes were shielded. By that's the, a shadow. The prayer hat. Theo James was on. I think, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And said it was a prosthetic. Interesting. Which listen, I'm campaigning here and now. End the use of prosthetics. <laughs> Men have to get their real penises out. The same way women get their real. Oh yeah, out. my real actual breasts are out on TV. Yeah. Get your whole penis out. <laughs> It, it is equivalent. Everyone knows boobs equals penis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they'll argue if you don't show your the JJ out, then if I show know. my butt, you have to show your butt, and if I yeah. show my breast, I mean, you have we to show saw his feet. butt. We didn't see his butt. Yeah, but I just think, like, what are we? What listen? Yeah. What are we telling young impressionable people watching the show? If everyone's using massive prosthetic penises, <laughs> get your real tiny penis out for us to enjoy on TV. <laughs> or show us your robot without the the squats and the quenches, the quenches. So do your little quenches, <laughs> crunches. Like show us the robot. I remember the guy who did. Um... I like how you mentioned that. He mixed squat and clench. Yeah, quench. And but some guys are well, supposed to quench. Yeah, squat, quench, actually. Yeah. So do start scrunching. The, the guy that was in um, Jon Snow, yeah, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, when he had that like, infamous scene where he was like, arse cheeks to the wind, he was like, oh, before I did the scene, I was doing like squats. And I think that's right. Oh, I know. Because Why? I think I, w- I want to see a nice bum. Yeah, but you're just creating false expectation. For no, it's not. Everyone should there. be doing squats anyway. What do you mean? What do you mean? Squats is healthy. And squats equals nice bum. And we want to see that. Hey, stop that. I, I support that. <laughs> well, you support no prosthetics, but g- chunky butts. How is, how is, sorry, if he said he got a BBL for the for the part, I'd be like, no, nah, don't be doing that. It's crazy. A squat is your natural bum that you've made juicy. I support a squat. I don't support a BBL. Jon Snow, don't get a BBL. Don't get a BBL because that would be a completely different scene. I think, do you know who had a nice bum? Who? Um, That's a wash up. The hotel owner. Oh, the woman. I, yes. I When they had their... Their moment. But I don't... I, she got out of the bed. Yeah. And is like looking for her underwear. Yeah. And I said... Damn. I said, we've not seen this 
between this. <laughs> no, do you know who has? Do you know who Great also figure. has a good butt? The girl who plays um, not Harper, the other girl, Daphne. Daphne, yeah, How but but she is she wasn't like like naked but i saw her in the bowl type and i'm like that woman's got a big butt oh, okay. she's got a similar thing to the girl from succession oh <laughs> <laughs> that girl from succession we've had conversations <laughs> Honestly, about that run me the routine because it's not making sense the most distracting part i've ever seen on the tv ever, show ever when they would do a zoom out i said oh, 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 oh. pause pause the whole show right now the curvature Pause the whole show right now. <laughs> Explain this. Because no one is referencing, nobody's talking about it. I'm sorry, if she lived in my world, we'd be talking about it. Oh, 100%. If, if you saw that woman walk past, even on the tube, you'd be like, she's got a big It's like when everyone saw Carol Vorderman's bum. There was nothing. No, Carol Vorderman has a nice bum. Really? No, the one that pissed me off, because I don't understand it, so this is very No, dang. we're not going to talk about it. Don't mention it. I don't yeah, want to no, say don't. It's, I don't so, hear it. It's so stupid. I don't want to hear I'm it. I'm so dumb. I've never, like... Don't say it, because it will okay. upset me. You know what I'm We about? agree. That it's, was fake That news. was absolute stupid nonsense. And if you want to find out, come to the live show. Yeah, if that is a backside, <laughs> I don't need to do any squats. Carol Baldwin has a nice bum, but Sarah Snook from <laughs> that's the name from <laughs> her butt from is an actual nook is an actual nook <laughs> you could hide and never be found <laughs> you can take cover over the snow <laughs> <laughs> what a great butt and I bet you she does nothing for absolutely it absolutely nothing fully natural no BBL in sight no that was her butt and she's like, I can't do anything about it and you know that when she was younger she used to be teased about it and you know the costume said oh your waist is a 26, but your hips? I know. 36. Oh, I'm going to any trousers for yeah. that. And she said, oh, here we go again. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> boo, you should go to Fashion Nova be wearing Fashion Nova trousers because you have a BBL body. <laughs> oh, my God. Me and my friend were talking about this the other day. Some of these white girls, blessed. <laughs> Some of these other girls, BBLs. <laughs> Absolute fakes. It just goes. Listen, you either have bubble, you don't. Yeah, don't force it. That's it. Don't force it. It's squats. Squats only. (laughs) (laughs) If you're doing the squats, enough is happening. God said this is not for you. This is not in your plan. (laughs) But don't worry, he's got something else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You got it though. Flaunt it. Flaunt. (laughs) Those little high waisted trousers they have her in. Yeah. In succession, they know what they're doing. Yo, because you know what they're doing. They be cutting those jackets so you can see it. Oh, she's never wearing a jacket. She's wearing a shirt and just the trousers. Done. And she always looks great. She looks great. Always a wide shot. Yeah. Oh, always. Always a wide shot. Oh. <laughs> I said, there's, you guys know what you're there's doing. There's a cameraman out there that's sick. You know, that's her husband. That's <laughs> <laughs> her husband. He's zooming out. They're like, can you actually? We need a tight. We need it tight on her face. He's like, no, actually, trust me, trust me. This is <laughs> This is, this is what you need. <laughs> oh. And he's not wrong. It is chef's kiss. Yeah. Going back to uh, squats, <laughs> clenches and quenches. And quenches. Uh, um, so Cameron, Theo James's character. Yeah, initially you could tell that he was a bit of a flirt. Yes. A bit of an F boy. Yeah, he's trying it. With, he tried it. I think he's a person who um, prides himself on being likeable. Yeah. In that way that rich white men think they're likeable because mm-hmm. they are in fact rich white women. They're so used to people being nice to them because they're rich and white. Yeah. Um, I also got the impression, I don't, I don't know if you did, 
that he actually doesn't make as much money as he acts like he does. Like his wife oh, no. says something at one point where it's just like, oh yeah, he has to walk all the t- work all the time because he keeps losing money. I can't remember that particular line, but I do get the impression that there is there is some jealousy around Ethan. Like um, Cameron's character being jealous of Ethan. He asked him to come into the office yeah, as well. Yeah, his success, yeah. And it feels like actually the holiday is like a big schmooze. Yeah. Like, oh, Isn't that working the best? Yeah, yeah. If I can win you over, you'll come over and all of the money that you've earned, you'll you'll funnel into my yeah. business, which I will love. Yeah. Of course you would love no, that. No, of course. And I, I get the impression that this type of behaviour has happened before. And I think they make mention to the fact that Cameron has always wanted what Ethan had, mm-hmm. but not just wanted it, but also been able to conquer and get it, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like exes, ex-girlfriends who have like slept with- Women that he's liked crushes. Exactly. And so for Ethan, he's always been the underdog. He's always been like the Robin to Cameron's Batman type of vibe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's even how they position the actors and how they looked as well. Like we were saying off camera that Will Sharp had a lot of hair going. Yeah, on his head. On his head, on his head. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> a little hair going on on his head. He wasn't as like stylish as Cameron. Yeah. He, he did look like the... A bit of a nerd quality to that character. Yeah, exactly. And I think even in the wife that they chose for him. Yeah. Like um, Daphne feels very trophy wifey. Yeah. And Harper felt very cold. She was quite of a cold. Cold, but they, they strike you as like a, a couple that gets um, profiled for the New York Times. Yeah. And it's like, she is a prominent human rights lawyer. Yeah. He is a prominent tech man. Yeah. And they pride themselves on the fact that they're both um, independently intelligent and independently yeah. established. And together they become a power couple, but exactly. they don't rely on each other in comparison to Harper and Cameron. Yeah, they've become a power couple without the couple. Yeah. There it's is power. nothing warm about the way they interact with no. each other. They honestly feel like two buddies yeah. on a holiday. That's how I felt as well. And I think... It got to the point, especially when Cameron started to flirt with Harper and she was, you know, warming up to him, even though she did think he was a bit of a waste man, that you saw Ethan started to distrust or have a lack of trust for Harper in the same way that Harper had a distrust for Ethan when she found the condom in the sofa in their, their apartment. Yeah, so we should probably explain. Yeah. Um, midway through the season, Harper and Daphne go on a sort of road trip mm. to this place that Daphne wanted to visit. They leave the boys behind. The boys go on speedboats um, and then decide that they're going to party that evening. Cameron sees... So there are two resident hookers... Jesus. <laughs> um, ...at the hotel and invites them up to party with, with them. They've got drugs. They take drugs. Um, Ethan, uh, wasted, goes back to his room and it seems like he's like, oh, I've had enough for the night. Mm. But then they come banging on his door, he opens the door, in comes Cameron and the hookers and they start fooling around and Ethan goes and sits in the bathroom because he is going to throw up. Yeah. He sees Cameron fucking one of the women and then the next day... And, and the, during the night... Harper has called him repeatedly because on their little girls trip, Harper and Daphne do edibles and then Harper becomes paranoid based on what Daphne tells her about what her life is like and the way that Cameron goes off and does what Cameron does and she does what she needs to do. Mm. That Ethan will be corrupted by Cameron and also fall into that lifestyle cheating. Yeah. So she's calling him repeatedly in the night. He doesn't answer the phone. The next day they come back from the trip 
and Harper finds a condom on the sofa. In the middle of the cushions. In the oh. mi- like, just jammed in there. And I... This was a point where I was like, we're watching a TV show. Yeah. Because... That entire episode, once she's found the condom, all you want is for her to say, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But instead, she is boiling internally and keeps asking Ethan, so what happened last night? Mm. And he's just doing the spiel of like, oh, we got wasted, I went to bed. Oh, we got wasted, I passed out. Oh, we got wasted, I threw up. Not knowing, of course, that she's found the condom. And so she starts to believe that he must have done something because it's in their room He's not told her that, oh, me and Cameron came back to the room, we brought girls back, none of that. So she is more and more convinced that he's cheated on her. She decides to leave the Connor wrapper in the bathroom. They go to sleep, they wake up in the morning. The minute that Ethan finds a Connor wrapper, he's like, what the fuck is this? My favorite thing is like, what is it? I'm like, oh my goodness. I loved, I think, when I was watching that scene, I was like, I had felt based on the prior episodes, that Harper was the kind of person that if she found that condom, would be like, what the fuck is this? And it's like it being confrontational. And I actually found it interesting that she doesn't. Because it's like, what is the nature of this relationship? If it was truly the way they say, like, we never lie to each other, blah, 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 and they were honest, they wouldn't still be together. Yeah. Because the issue in their relationship is they don't have sex. She thinks he's not attracted to her. He probably isn't attracted to her. They've been together for a long time. When she asks him, like, why are we still together? He's like, because I love you. Or like, because you're my wife. Not, ah, oh, you're, you're honestly the hottest person to me. Yeah. I would die if anything ever happened to you. And so she's more and more convinced that he's cheated on her. And the next day they go on a wine tasting and she's like, I'm gonna be messy boots. And it's just like, hey, so Cameron and, <laughs> and Ethan, oh, so when Ethan finds the condom, she's like, why are you asking me? I found it in the chair. And he's like, oh, that's not mine. It's Cameron's. He brought a girl back here and he fucked her. And she's like, well, why did Cameron bring someone back to our room? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what to tell me. You should be glad it wasn't me. <laughs> At that point, I said, bitch, fuck this guy. <laughs> if I was talking to my partner, I thought he cheated on me. And I said, I found a condom. And he said, it wasn't mine. And you should be glad it wasn't mine. I'm cutting up all your clothes. <laughs> I'm cutting up all your clothes. I'm cutting up everything in this house. I'm, I'm so done. She was better woman than me because I I can imagine myself being like, let me collect myself. Yeah. I don't want to blow up. Maybe it's not his. From when you're not being apologetic, no. Even if it wasn't you, you should be being. I'm so sorry, sorry. you had to see that. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I didn't. My yeah. friend was so disrespectful like, that he you left know the problem in the chair. We need to leave. We need to. Do, we need to distance ourselves. Yeah. I just why I don't fuck with that guy. Yeah. You're never gonna see him again. Nothing. For you to be like, it wasn't mine. And you should be glad it wasn't mine because that means I'm trying to tell you I didn't do anything but I could have. That just showed me that there wasn't much of a relationship left to salvage with them. There wasn't a marriage. It was two people cohabitating and having a holiday. That was basically you it. You are out of your mind. Yeah. You are out of There was no love there. And, you know, then it's only towards the end of the series where she was like, I've noticed we're not having sex anymore. We're just living two separate lives but under the same roof or under the same hotel room. And I was just like... You should have seen it from the beginning. So after this convo, this very shit convo, where yeah. he's basically like, be be apologetic to me, I'm... Just be grateful that I haven't yeah, cheated on you. I'm yeah. a good guy. I would never lie to you. She is being messy on their trip and basically hinting at the idea, because he said that it was Cameron, that Cameron might have done something. Mm. Cameron takes him aside and is like, did you tell your wife? And he's like, she found the condom. I didn't know what else to tell her, so I did. The next day, she's like... 
flirting with Cameron. Mm. And she's also drinking a lot now. Oh, yeah. Like, she's lost it. Yeah. And Ethan sees this. And the night before, I think, they told a story about how at university... Yes, Harper asks, oh, did you guys ever have sex with the same girl? Mm. And Ethan says, I didn't really have sex at university. Whenever I liked someone, Cameron would get to them first. He always wanted what I had. That's not a friendship, man. That's not a friendship. It's not a friendship. But I think that's clear from the, from, like the. I think from the beginning when they have such opposing lifestyles, mm. they're, they're not really friends. But after that point, Ethan is convinced that the same thing is happening again. Yeah. Harper's being flirty. Cameron's being flirty. Cameron's also like doing footsie under the table, putting his hands on her knees. He becomes convinced that Cameron has fucked his wife. Yeah. And now he's starting to lose it. At one point he comes, they are at the bar and then they disappear. He goes up to look for them and their bedroom door is latched so he can't get in. Yeah. He gets things like, what the fuck's going on in here? And also she like, looks a bit like Nothing. Suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I genuinely think they played that so ambiguously. Yeah. And I quite like that because... I wasn't sure. A part of me felt like she's calculating enough that she's deliberately putting the idea, in the same way you put me in a position where I don't know if you cheated on me or not, mm. I'm going to put you in a position where you don't know if I cheated on you or not. Maybe, but I do think they did something. You think they did something? Yeah, I mean, the way, what she was dressed, like how she was dressed, I know that we're at a beach, so she could be a little bit more on the scantily dressed side, but she looked just a bit distressed she looked like, I'm not saying that she looked like she had just had sex, but I do believe it happened. Especially given that the door was latched. And the and, door to there. They and, have and, and adjoining the doors. doors. Like when weird. they first come in, to the, in the first episode, they come into their room and they're like, oh, we've got an adjoining door. And I was like, someone's going to fuck someone. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Why yeah, would you again, have Again, what was that thing you, sh- you talked about a couple of weeks, episodes ago? Oh, the, Chekhov's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Chekhov's gone, yeah. Yeah, you don't introduce a door adjoining two rooms where you're not going to use that yeah, door. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yes, exactly. It was very Chekhov's yeah. gone that door. Um, but I personally, I'd like to subscribe to the school of thought where she didn't do anything with Cameron, but knew that it would get to Ethan because Ethan had told the story about how Cameron yeah. always wants what he has. Yeah. Because I don't think she genuinely found him attractive, but there was something, there has been something between them the whole yeah. season. And I've read it as two people who have no business knowing each other and being on opposing sides of the spectrum wanting the other person to be obsessed with them like i imagine cameron is a guy who walks into a room and women are obsessed with him and her and harper not liking him yeah did a number like he was like i'm not leaving this holiday until you are obsessed with me like people are and vice versa i think of harper as the type of person who is like i'm studious like imagine it to put them as stereotypes um Cameron is a jock and Harper is a nerd, right? And so part of her is like, the superior thing is that I'm not seduced by the jock. Mm. I won't be seduced by the jock. But deep down, everyone wants to get fucked by the jock. Right? Sorry. (laughs) Maybe. I think think that's true. That is, um, in Juno, there is a bit about that where she's like, oh, everyone's obsessed with me. All the jocks who make fun of me deep down just want to have sex with me. Um, And I think there's a little bit of that in this. I think he is... I think he is aroused by an opportunity to seduce someone who doesn't want to be seduced. Yeah. 
And I think she is drawn to how classically dumb, handsome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> dumb. But also how handsome, yeah. Yeah, you know, classically attractive this man is. He's, he oozes this like likability yeah. and if you're smart, you're like, oh, I can see through him. But yeah. equally, sometimes you're seduced. Yeah, I think she was seduced, but I do also think, going back to the point we made before, is that she does see herself higher than him. Yeah. She does see this see? superiority over Cameron and Daphne's relationship, even the way she talks about Daphne. So I think for her, some of it is like, like you said, the whole yeah. nerd um, jock dynamic. But also I think it's the fact that Cameron in comparison to Ethan, was giving her attention. Yes. And Ethan, throughout the whole of that trip, apart from, you know... When he thought someone had, had sex with her. Exactly. Did not show much affection to Harper. Yes. So for this guy to be like, I'm going to put my hands on your knees on the table. I'm looking at you in a certain way. And this girl was, you know... He looks like... She's he, far gone in terms of alcohol, but... I think she wants it. He, the way he looks at people is like he wants to yeah. swallow them whole. Yeah, exactly. So I can imagine, like, at the right light, you look at him and, and you like, think, oh my God. Wow. And also, Theo James. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but also, like, you're in this beautiful holiday. His son, C, should be sex, but your husband is there doing nothing. You're just being, like, miserable or being... videos of inf- girls on a laptop. Exactly. Or just being inferior to this really hot, quote-unquote, jock or hot guy that really seems in society's world more attractive than your husband. I That's think sad. the interesting thing about this is the confidant in both situations becomes Daphne. Yeah. Um, Harper speaks to Daphne after they get back from the trip and is like, oh, I think something happened when we were away. And Daphne says to her, I can't imagine it was anything serious. She knows. You know, things like this happen and you just have to find a way to make yourself feel better. And then she says, I have a hot yoga instructor. I'll show you a picture of him. And produces her phone and shows a picture of her two children. By accident. I don't think it was by accident. I think she was trying to let Harper know, these aren't Theo James's kids. These are the yoga instructor's kids. No. Yes. She said, here is a picture. I do not think in any capacity. I think Daphne was the smartest person on that trip. Oh my god. Of the gosh. four of them, she is the smartest. She said, We live a certain lifestyle. Yeah. We deal with certain situations. And if you want to survive, you need to develop coping mechanisms. And my coping mechanism is if my husband's going to play away, so the fuck am I. I got the impression that she was showing her the kids because she was like, Don't fuck my husband. Kind of. And also, like, look, the stakes for me leaving my husband after I know he's cheated is a lot higher because I've got two children. And that's why she was showing the photos of the kids. That's what I was thinking like. And also part of me was like, oh, it was a mistake. She just forgot to swipe left. And then no, I, was, I don't think there's anything mistake. So I don't think there's a single mistake about her. I think of, of all of them, she's probably the most level-headed. Even when they were on edible, she was the most level-headed. When they were have had dinner, she was never drunk. No. She never out of it. I think she was playing the game as she was teaching Harper and Ethan the game. Because mm. towards the end, Ethan comes up to her and is like, I think your husband and my wife had sex. And she says the same thing she says to Harper to him. Mm. Listen, things like this happen and you just need to figure out a way to cope. And then they go off to some secluded cove together and she's making eyes at him and he's making eyes at her. I think the two of them fucked. Who, Ethan and Daphne? Yeah. Oh, I hate that we don't know. It's just, I, exactly, it's we don't so... know. But I think, I think Daphne said, you want, 
I'm listen. You are now rich people. Yeah. And in rich people, we don't be making. Oh, he cheated on me. I'm done. Listen, we're dealing with big baller shot caller money. Yeah. And you like your husband, right? You like him yeah. on a basic level. Do you want some other girl to come in and collect your husband? I just I can't believe this. It's such an interesting dynamic, and I know that they wrote it in this certain way to get you thinking that. You don't know what's hidden really behind closed doors. You're only seeing a, such a small glimpse in these rooms in this hotel, but you don't actually know the inner, the inner dynamics no. of the relationship. And I think the easy reading of that storyline is: here comes rich, flashy couple, mm. you know, newly rich, moral couple. Mm. They are tempted by the immorality of the rich world, and then they suffer for it. Mm. But at the end. Harper and Ethan are good. Yeah. Because they, so their yeah. experience on this holiday has brought them closer together. Yeah. And I think that the reading of Harper and Cameron, of uh, um, Daphne and Cameron is, Daphne's stupid, Cameron makes a fool of her. And I actually think she plays him bigger than he plays her. Yeah. Because in that last episode, do you notice she's talking to the children and then she says, Cameron, the kids want to see you. And he's in the bathroom flossing his teeth. Mm. And then he takes a moment and then he goes out into the room. I think he also knows those aren't his kids. Oh my gosh. I, I think really he also hope, knows those are not his kids. I really hope that they answer it. I hope that they just... I'm just so intrigued because I think... I don't, I don't understand how they would have got away with it. If he had known that he, that those were not his kids, I think She's, he would have made such a bigger deal about I, it. I think Daphne is a 10 out of 10, yeah. body looks wise. She lets him do what he wants yeah. and they have fun together. Mm. And a man like Cameron, the way he's presented in the show, those are the tenets of his life. But I don't think kids. he's fussed about, oh, are these my kids? Is this that? Is that the other? I think he is a big boy. A big boy. He's not a man. Yeah. He's a child. So interesting. And she dog walks him. And it's so funny because that's not how it was presented in the show. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I'm sorry. I feel like I have to Google this. It's just such a... It feels like a conspiracy theory. Did you think that anyone in this love tr love square, square yeah. um, was one of the potential victims? Yes. Who did you I think? thought it was going to be Cameron. Same. Um, that did cross my mind. Yeah, I mean, it was, of course, going to be too obvious because it was Daphne swimming and how she found yes, the yeah. leg. Also, yeah, I thought if it was her husband, she would have screamed like that. Yeah, true. And also, it was like, but that being said, if you saw any dead body floating in the water, I'll, I would be screaming. I feel like I'd be like, what the fuck is. I wouldn't <laughs> immediately know what it was. Yeah. But and also, that's why I would. I, I'd need to see my husband's face yeah, yeah. to be like, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. No! <laughs> That would be me pretending <laughs> I didn't kill my husband. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> but that means that all we saw was a leg. So it could have been anyone. Yeah, I, it was a white leg. If so Cameron it, no, it dies, I think Daphne's making a lot of money. So that would be how That is true. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no! Oh, I'm so done. Um, do you have anything yeah. else to say about this love square? No, I think, perfectly honest, the love square kept me intrigued for really, the first really half intrigued. of the series, I'll really be honest, intrigued. because... I think they carried most of the series. I loved watching um, Will Sharp losing his mind in that last episode. I said, what is Will Sharp yeah. going to do about the situation? It's already happened. It's done. I also thought, <laughs> we'll when he's talking to, when he's talking to his wife and he's like, 
so you didn't come up here for a hat. And then she starts laughing. <laughs> I said, stop disrespecting your husband. Now it's getting crazy. You don't even respect him a little bit. Why are you laughing? Both of you get a divorce. Wow. Because you're telling her you should be lucky I didn't cheat on you. And then she's laughing at you when you bring up this fake story that she told <laughs> to explain why she couldn't open the door because she was kissing your friend. Why are you laughing? It's just so messy. That's why I was like, this is not a real relationship. This is not serious. Honestly. She's like, no, I'm not laughing. No. Like, but you're smiling. What's it's funny? so... It's so... I don't know. But I'm glad they had their little fight. Yeah. I'm glad they also, like... I mean, them having sex at the end was to show that they had made up. And oh, yeah, that was great. Like, the I scene where that... The, 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 so passionate. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the scene where the, um, the china breaks on the floor. I think it was supposed to be symbolic of, like, a lot of things have had to break in their relationship for them to bring it also, back Also, do you together. remember at the beginning where they said those masks are about... They, they're, they, they're um, like faces from a specific story about someone cheating on their partner. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel completely They say that at the beginning of the series. That's why it's in your head that someone's going to cheat on someone yeah. in this in this love square. But we don't know yeah. if she's cheated on him, if he's cheated on her, oh, if they've they both cheated, oh, if Neva's cheated. Something has changed. It's just something that's just... Ridiculous. I like the idea... I mean, there's a story, I can't remember it now, but like, I think it's um a Oscar Wilde play a really short Oscar Wilde play about a couple who one of them gets seduced and then the husband kills the lover. Mm. And the last thing, li- like the last few lines are like, oh, why didn't you ever tell me you were so pretty? And then she says, why didn't you ever tell me you were so strong? And it's like the idea that this person came in and like reminded them of what they had. Mm. And that for Ethan, Cameron trying to steal his wife, confirmed that his, one, he's reached a level of status that he has something that Cameron wants, yeah. but equally, that his wife is a prize yeah. and that he should cherish her. Yeah. And, you know, she had said to him, we've not had sex. We don't have sex. You're not attracted to me. Someone else is. Yeah. And now you're shaking in your boots. Yeah. You're like, I do love you, actually. It's just like typical male It's unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. It's unhealthy. It's It's... It's misogyny. Yeah, it's I don't want you want to see someone else wants you. Yeah, kind of thing. But am I am I happy for them? Yeah, because I just didn't want them to be the couple. I didn't want either one of them to die. No, or I for mean, them to bear the brunt of the messy dealings. Of, yeah, of the, the other couple, Cameron and Daphne Campbell. Yeah. So I mean, the, yeah, it was a very interesting storyline. This is the first time I've seen Will Sharp in a show. As I know, he's directed and written other shows before. Yeah. And starred. And starred as well. But this is the first time I've seen him in in this. And so when I did see him, I was a bit of a shock. I was like, oh, hey, Will. Honestly, big shout outs to all our little Brits in there. Tom Hollander. Yeah. Theo James, Mm. Will Sharp. And, oh, I can't remember his name. His name's Jack on the show. Leo Woodall. Honestly, thank you for repping that we've got some like vaguely attractive people in this country. No, I also love Um, the diversity of the accents. Like we... It's nice to know that it's not everyone is just from like the posh side of London. Diversity of the accents. There was two Brits yeah. speaking in yes. their real accents. Will Sharp and Leo James are playing Americans. So what do you mean diversity of accents? There's Neil Waddle <gasps> no, doing no, Essex. It's, yeah, but it's just nice to hear an Essex accent on a predominantly American show. Love that. Done. I love that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Get some regional like, accents we'll going get on. To him. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about the granddad, dad, some trio yeah we can i'll be perfectly honest it wasn't the most intriguing storyline out of the all the different pairings and groupings i feel like it's very incestual that's anything to do 
No, just you have much to do, apart from potentially spill the beans, which I liked. Like, yeah. Isn't those? Isn't that the girl that you were sleep? Shut the fuck <laughs> up, energy a lot. Um, I loved in the first episode where he kept farting. Like I don't usually like a fart joke, but like it was just so funny and weird that they're like, "Wow, I'm so glad we glamoured here in in you know in the country of our our ancestors." Yeah. Is it- yeah. <laughs> just like, oh. And nobody wants to say, Granddad, did you no. fart? But equally, you've just, you've just done a fart in the middle of this moment. And we want to pretend it didn't happen. Like, it's just weird. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, I think it needed a couple more beats. 100%. Like, the dad hooking up with the hookers in the first few episodes and then going, I'm not doing this anymore. Absolutely think it would like made sense for his trajectory. I think it needed another stinger. Yeah. Because he then spends the rest of the series moping. And I get it because it's like now he has to watch his son have sex with the same woman that he's oh. had sex with, which is very Messy. weird. And he can't say anything because then he will out himself yeah. and ruin his chances of moving back, like getting back with his wife. But equally, how fucking weird. It's so disgusting. That's weird. So, so disgusting. Um, so, and yeah. then Albie. The, the young boy, the son. The son is, you know, he. I think the only way to describe it is he did women's studies at uni type of energy. Like he <laughs> thinks he's he's like third wave feminism. I'm a good guy because I've learned that women deserve to be respected. Cut to him having sex with a prostitute and then being like, I had no clue that you were a prostitute. So Which implies that you didn't, have you know consent a conversation about consent no. because if we did she would have said it great and also my rates are yeah and you'd have been like rates but i got with the prostitutes um we'll, we may talk about them but i normally saw that they would just have sex with their conquests and then tell them the rate afterwards no there was this was a discussion beforehand yeah i don't know it doesn't I, have I, to be I an elaborate see... sign it's not signing a contract but it's like hey you know it's you know, £2,000 for the night. I, I mean, throughout the show, from what I remember, I just don't Because the dad paid them it. every single day. I and they had yeah. also set it up before he arrived. Okay, so... That's he why made, they were at the hotel. Yeah. Which is such an interesting premise. But yeah. again, it's the wealth. The wealth it's, of it It is all. the wealth. Albie initially has eyes for Portia. Portia thinks he's incredibly boring because yeah. he's safe and yeah. wants to respect her and take things slow. Yeah. So she starts fooling around with Jack, who is your cheeky chappy Essex lad, just living life to the largest. Um, really starts speaking to him, slash fooling around with him in front of Albie's eyes. Albie, heartbroken, is then grabbed by, um, oh, I can't remember her name, but one of the prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, only one of them was a prostitute, the other one was just her friend. Oh, really? Um, they both hookers no I think one of them was a prostitute and the other one's like her friend who's come to stay with her and be like well if you want to make money while you're here you should also probably be a prostitute anyway oh my gosh. um and to make um Portia jealous mm. and then Albie being Albie is like you will be my wife now because he thinks that all everything he thinks that what all women want is someone who is going to be a lifelong partner yeah not really respecting the fact that they're on holiday and most people understand a holiday fling. Yeah. Um, is just a holiday fling. Yeah. I got the impression that he was a virgin. I didn't get the impression he was a virgin, really? but I got the impression that like his relationship with his dad, his dad is a serial cheat. They're on this trip. His mother and his sister are supposed to come, but they haven't because they hate the dad because he's yeah. just 
Finn found out to be cheating on the mum. And Abby's really giving him a hard time. Mm. Abby considers himself to be a super classy guy and he would never do any of the stuff that his dad would do. Mm. Cut to him having sex with the exact same prostitute <laughs> that his dad had sex with. Um, it's very much a story about humbling Abby and his perspective on life because ultimately he is his father and his father is his father's father. Mm. Like they, it's not just about the fact that they're men. It's about the fact that they're men of wealth. Yeah. And, um, therefore can behave in ways that are not necessarily right. Yeah. Um, Albie Falls is fallen for the prostitute and she's convinced him that she needs 50K because um, her pimp is mad at her and she owes him money. In a previous episode, Albie, the father and the grandfather saw the pimp yeah. as he was trying to like escort and get the prostitute away. <laughs> Sorry, they saw the pimp as the pimp was looking for the prostitute, not escort and get her away. What are you talking about? I was like, like, Morning, I'm that sounded, I, know, I was like, that sounded serious, and then you lost it. So, yeah. um, so Albie goes to his dad and he says, yeah. Give me 50k right now. And his dad's like, What the hell for? And he says, I need to give it to the prostitute I'm in love with. <laughs> and his dad's like, You're so fucking stupid. And Albie's like, You don't need the money, it's nothing to you. And the dad's like, I can't in good faith let you give money to a scam. Yeah. And Albie says, I will tell my mum that you've changed your ways. Put in a good word for you. If you give me 50k. And this really undoes all of the I'm a good Samaritan, I respect yeah. feminism because you're willing to lie to your mother to get cash so you can feed your addiction, which is this woman's pussy. You haven't learned anything. <laughs> this holiday has corrupted you beyond corruption. The dad gives in because he is a pathetic lowlife who cannot figure out how to apologize to his wife. Where are you getting 50K just rolling, just, you know. He was letting those girlies stay in a room. Oh my in the God. hotel. Yeah. So yeah, he's got cash. <laughs> Albie gets the money, gives it to guys like, guess what? I've got the money, I'm going to save you. She and he have a steamy last night. She collects that cash and she bats it. <laughs> Albie and Portia then meet in the, ho- in the airport and have this really weird conversation where they're both like, oh, how's the guy, that, the person that you left me for? And they're like, really bad how was the person that you left me for really bad and then Portia says hey can I get your number because Portia thinks do you know what I made a mistake Portia please don't I went after a bad guy and he's got a good guy listen Albie's not a good guy and I hope to god that Portia well we'll get to Portia but I I found that storyline actually had an interesting and satisfying conclusion for Albie. Yeah. Like the journey that Albie goes on is, yeah. I wish I feel like the granddad fades across the season and I, I feel like so. the dad fades across the season. Yeah. And like the dad is a like massive talent. Like he was in Sopranos. Like he's yeah. a big actor. He's a big get. And I don't think he was absolutely utilized in the series. No, because every time they will like cut to the scene with the father or the grandfather, I was like, who is this? <laughs> Like, I don't even remember who all these characters are. There's quite a few names to keep up with. And, yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons why I've never been able to finish Game of Thrones. There's just too many people. And seeing some new random face when I know, of course, the father or the grandfather, you know, they've had no main, like, character development me- meant that I just couldn't be invested in their story. And Albie was the one that was had the most to talk about and the yeah. most growth or lack of growth, to, to put it bluntly. Yeah, so the, the next storyline I feel like ties in quite well to the boys is Lucia, Mia and Valentina. Um, Lucia 
Lucia is a prostitute. An escort. Yeah. She has come to the hotel because she's come to have sex with Albie's dad. She thought he'd be her boyfriend for the week. So she would have a sort of pay. She'd get paid every day. But two days in, he decides he wants to be a good guy and basically tests her out. Mm. Lucia is looking for a new mark and spends the night with Ethan and Cameron. They don't pay up. Um, so she needs a new mark yeah. and ends up meeting Albie because he's waiting for Portia one day and they hit it off. She doesn't know that Albie is her first marks. Client. First client, there we go. Yeah. First client's son, finds out. He tries to warn her away from him, which makes her double down. And she convinces Albie that her dream is to come to the US and oh, if only she could pay off this 50k debt, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And manages to fleece some amount of money. Lucia's got a friend with her called Mia and she's basically kind of school, schooling Mia in like, do what you need to do to get what you want. And what Mia wants is to be a singer and has her sights set on singing at the hotel. That spot's already filled by some dude. And Lucia, and then Mia sort of meets him and he, he propositions her and she slaps him. Or she throws mm. a drink over him. She throws a drink over him. And then Lucia's like, come on, you got to, you know, you got to give something to get something. So then Mia says, okay, I'm going to have sex with this man. But he can't get it up. So I need to go get Viagra from Lucia's bag. Uh. Lucia also has ecstasy in her bag. She can't tell which pills will. Which, you have a classic comedic premise. She goes down to ask Lucia. Lucia's in the sea, she can't hear her. She's talking to Albie. So she takes both pills, gives both pills to the man. She starts having sex with him and he passes out. Goes to the hospital. She approaches Valentina, who is the brilliant manager of the hotel, and says, yeah. please, can I sing instead? Valentina's like, no, no, no. You are a prostitute. We don't let those in here. But... Mia figures out that Valentina is a closet lesbian. Yeah. Which, if you've seen the first season, the hotel manager is also gay. So I wonder if always the hotel manager is going to be gay, which is fun. Um, She approaches her and says, it's your birthday. You've never been with a woman before. I will have relations with you if you let me sing a song. (laughs) Everything about her is transactional. Absolutely everything. But Valentina has had quite a bad day. She thought she was going to be with the other girl who sits at front, stands at the front desk. Yeah. That girl is in fact in love with her, the guy who stands next to her, mm. Marco, I think his name is. And um, Valentina's quite upset, so she goes fine. Mia sings her song, Valentina's quite drunk. They go up to one of the free rooms, fall around, and she's like to Valentina, hey man, you're pretty good at this you should find yourself a real lesbian lover. <laughs> but until I don't then, even know if that's been dumped or just been like politely But she says, but until then, I'm willing to spend some time with you. For money? That's not, no, she doesn't pay she, her. She gives her the job. She lets her oh. sing in the hotel. She doesn't pay her. Okay. The old hotel singer turns up. Peace. And he's like, I'm ready to do my job. Sees Mia at the piano and is like, what the fuck is this? And because Valentina and Mia now have a thing, yeah. Valentina says, sorry, dude, you're fired. Mia's singing. They, you know, smile at each other. You get the impression that, okay, this is transactional, but it's working for both of yeah, them. Yeah. So you, I hate to say it, but you're kind of low-key happy for both. I don't think Mia's a fantastic singer. I don't even remember how she sounded, so that probably isn't the best. Um, but I really was living for Valentina... 
I thought that she was quite an interesting character. I loved her vulnerability as well. In the first episode, she says to the the son and the grandfather and the dad, she says to the grandfather, oh, I can't believe you made it out here. And he's like, why wouldn't I not have made it out here? She's like, because you're old. <laughs> like, just very blunt. I'm assuming very Italian. Just say what's on her mind. Um, she's so jealous of Marco. She moves him to the beach hut. Turns out they're in love, so she's got moving back. Yeah. She's, you know, she's very lonely, actually, as, mm. as a person. And I think, you know, her being closeted is part of it. And Mia actually helps her. Yeah. Uh, and so, who knows, by the end of, you know, the summer, Valentina's found herself a real lesbian partner and everything's good. But I feel like you, the position that you leave them in, Valentina's kind of won. Mia's kind of won. Elicia has definitely won. Oh, yeah, 50k winnings yes literally and so this brings us to the final storyline which is Portia of the two um groups that we've just mentioned the dad the dads and the escorts Mm. did you think any of them was gonna die no I thought Albie might die really I thought Albie might die trying to save Lucia I know he was dumb but I didn't think he was dumb enough to die I didn't. I thought he was dumb enough to die. Like I thought he was dumb enough to be like, I'm gonna give the money to him and teach him a lesson and then get shot up. I wasn't that threatened by the pimp. Who was I? Yeah. But you thought he was hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, he was just a random dude at the end yeah. of the day with the actual pimp. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I do think it was a friend of Mia's or Lucia's, and they were just kind of all in to kind of scam the boy. But also, the boy, the boy is dumb. But I didn't think he was going to be the there. The Boy Is Dumb, which is a sequel to <laughs> The Boy Is Mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a final story is Tanya and Portia's story. It's the meatiest. Oh, absolutely. So, bit of backstory for a person who's not seen series in one. Tanya goes to White Lotus, Hawaii. Mm. Meets a man, yes. Greg. Okay. Falls madly in love with him. Ah. Decides she's going to marry him. They're gonna run off into sunset. That's mm. how the show ends for Tanya. Mm. There is also another storyline, but I won't spoil it because you want to watch the season. Um, cut to season two. Tanya is on holiday with her assistant, and what's supposed to be a romantic getaway with Greg. Greg is annoyed that she's bought brought Portia with her. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a romantic getaway, and you've brought your assistant, which now makes sense because. If the conspiracy theory to murder her was a plan the whole time, why did she bring Portia? Uh-huh. Yes. Because I thought he just didn't like Portia because she's not a very good assistant. No, no, no. Um, anyway, two days into the trip, Greg is like, i got to go back to South Carolina. Something's going on. Work things. I'm going to bounce. I'll be back. He never does come back. Nope. Leaves her behind. Before he goes, though... Tanya overhears him in, in the bathroom talking to someone on the phone, being like, she'll never suspect, I love you so much, blah, blah. She thinks Greg is cheating on her and has yeah. gone back to South Carolina to be with whoever he's cheating on her with. She's having a miserable time. Yeah. Portia has met Albie. Uh, it's not quite the fireworks she thought it would be, but he seems nice. Um, her and Tanya go to the beach. I don't even know how they meet the rich. The guys... I don't remember either. They go, they're like part, it's part of was their... Was it part of, wasn't it in the, like in the restaurant or something like that? Yes. They go to dinner. 
there are some, there's a table of like middle-aged gays. They sit with them and they love Tanya. They think she's just perfect. She's glamorous. She's everything that, you know, Palermo should be. They end up spending most of the holiday together and they invite her to their chateau in Sicily. Mm. When they get to Sicily, things get a bit weird. The gentleman who has invited them, who is played by Tom Hollander, he has a nephew. The nephew is making advances at Portia. His name is Jack. His name is Jack. Um, So it feels like everyone's got someone. They throw a party and it feels like they've brought someone to the party for Tanya to flirt with and fall for. Um, Somebody focused on, in that scene, there's a flashing red light in the corner of the room as if she's being filmed. Mm. So initially I thought maybe they were going to blackmail her with video of her cheating on her husband, Mm. which if he wanted to get a divorce, would be great fodder for him to maybe yeah. get some money, even though they signed a prenup. Um, so that's what I thought the game was. Tom Hollander's character mentions that he once met a handsome ranch boy while he was working as a cowboy one summer. I can't remember what he calls him, like Charles or whatever. And um, he was straight. Nothing ever happened. He went about his life. Um, after the party before the party they're staying in the chateau and uh tanya is wandering around at night she's heard a weird noise she mm. looks for what the weird noise is and tom hollander's ca- ca- character is having sex with his nephew jack and at that point i said what are we watching yeah because i already felt like that wasn't his nephew based on the way that jack doesn't sound anything like him mm. and my experience has been Essex people sound like they're from Essex. So either Tom Hollander's character's put in on an accent yeah. or they're not related. Yeah. Um, seeing them fucking each other is our main clue that they're not related. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> if you ever needed one, that's the clue. Next morning, Tanya speaks to Portia and she's like, I don't think Jack's for you. Just be careful. She, like, she didn't tell her exactly what yeah. she saw the night but before. she says i don't think that jack is tom hollander's nephew. nephew yeah portia's like whatever goes on a day trip with him yeah on the day trip they have food and then they dine and dash that's not a sign to her that something is up with no. jack because for her he is like carefree and fun and just enjoying the holiday in comparison yeah to oh sorry days. if we haven't mentioned they're brits yeah they are as well so I feel like Americans are just not good. They don't have a good radar when it comes to us because our accents are just so fun and whimsical to them. They don't think that criminals exist here, but they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, as soon as I saw him, I said, you could see this boy in ever- any spoons you want. <laughs> you are fawning over this guy. Come to London for two days. You will Nothing. see 72 jacks. <laughs> you see 72 jacks and you can have your pick of them. This guy is not the guy you should be fighting over. To be fair... I get why she went with him over Albie. Yeah. Because he he's just more, more fun. fun. Yeah. But equally, I was like, this man's going to break your heart. Yeah. Based on what I've seen of people like Jack. Um, so, Portia and Jack are on this vacation, whatever, little excursion within the excursion. So many excursions. And um, Tanya sees a picture in Tom Hollis' room of him 
and his cowboy, mm-hmm. who looks exactly like Greg. Yeah. And she says, this looks like exactly like Greg. And Tom Holland says, I don't know who that is. That's my friend Charlie, who I fell in love with. And Tanya goes, okay. Mm. But again, a perfect example of another character who plays very dumb, but there is cogs turning. Oh, yeah. They tell her, we're going back to Palermo because you guys are flying home tomorrow. We're going to take you on a boat. She is like, oh, where's Portia? They said, Portia's busy with Jack. She'll meet you back at the hotel. And she's starting to get a bit of a red flag. Something's yeah. up. Um, Tension's building. Tension's building. The paranoia it, too. It begins when one of the group decides he's not coming with them back to Palermo. And he seems, and she sees them arguing at dinner, at breakfast. Mm. And they all stop when she comes and she thinks something's up. So they go to get the boat and she's like, oh, something's weird about the boat trip. I don't know what it is. Portia wakes up on her little side trip and her phone is gone. Mm. She asks Jack, where's my phone? I had it last night. I plugged it in to charge and that's disappeared. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. You must have left it at the club. Um, um, she's like, no, 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 I had it here. He's like, no, 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 don't worry. I'll drive you back to Palermo. Yeah. She's like, oh, I thought we were getting the boat. He says, no, you're driving back with me. Another red flag. Another red flag. Yeah. So my phone's gone and... I'm going a different way yeah. to Tanya. She calls Tanya with Jack's phone when he's like having a smoke and she says, something feels really odd. I'm not like, something's not right. I don't mm. feel good about this. And Tanya's like, oh, I saw a picture in the room that I thought was Greg. And now that I think about it, this might be about the prenup because if I, if we get a divorce, he doesn't get any money. But if I die, he gets everything. Yeah. I think he's paid these people to kill me. Yeah, and also... During the show, well, especially towards the end, we come to find out that the the gays are poor. The gays don't have any. They money. don't have any money. They're just splashing money to create this aesthetic of them being wealthy, but they don't have anything to their names. Jack mentions to Portia, "Oh, but they're about to come into some windfall soon." Uh huh. So Portia's like, "Windfall? Where are you getting this money from? If you don't have money, the only thing I can support is my incredibly wealthy boss." Um, so. Now, Tanya's on the boat by herself, like shoddy service, terrified that she's going to die. They invite the guy that she had sex with at the party and they say he's coming on a smaller boat to take her back to shore. Mm. He's got a black bag with him. They finish dinner, she says, I'm going to the bathroom, grabs the bag, takes it into the bathroom, opens it up and it's full of rope, has a gun. Clearly something is going to happen. She thinks it's that Greg has paid them to kill her. Could be that they were going to take her hostage and try and get money for their chateau. Who Mm. knows? Something very suspect is going on. She gets the gun out of the bag. And she's shaking and crying. She, as you would be, you're on a boat and you've just realised that people want to do harm to you. You're shaking and crying and you've got a gun. They're banging on the door trying to get in. The first person in the room is the guy that she had sex with. She blows him away. With the gun. We're shooting him down. And she doesn't stop shooting. She shoots up the whole club. <laughs> oh the club it's is, shot, all, is yeah. shot up. It's on fire yeah. right now. Um, she comes out and she realises she shot everyone. One of the guys manages to make it off the boat because he like runs past. She's out of bullets and he jumps into the water. Yeah. Um, dead as well. Yeah. The captain is there as well. He's seen her face. She's thinking, holy shit, I shot up all these people and everyone's seen my face. What the fuck am I going to do? 
there is a little boat. Yeah. I'm going to jump in the little boat and head back to shore. Mm. But how is she going to jump in the boat? She's not the most graceful. No. And she's some, <laughs> the boat is quite like, it's, it's quite I, deep. I don't think a lot of people could have jumped from. No. I think the smart thing would have been to jump in the water and swim That's, to yeah, the boat. That water would have been so cold. I mean, it's that or dying. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But wasn't there like steps? In my head, I was like, is there like steps no, the sides? It, it, it also doesn't make sense how yeah. the guy who brought the boat got on oh, the boat. No, yeah. They must have had a ladder or something. Yeah, anyway. something that like, they threw over. She decides I'm gonna have to just climb over. Also, I was starting to get a bit nervous where she was like they show the camera, look down towards where the boat was, and I was like, that is a deep jump. If you yes. decide to jump, she thinks deep. it's a deep jump. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. She's like, how am I gonna do this? Yeah. She says, you got this. Climbs over the side, and immediately falls off the boat, smashes her head on the small boat, lands in the water. I'm not gonna lie, it was so quick, I, I started laughing, I was so shocked. I said, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so shocked. She flipped like 360, she was like a gymnast. Oh, I'm telling you, whoever built the doll of her that they threw off the boat, 10 out of 10 blocks, because <laughs> that thing went smack, 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 smack. So quick. In the water. So quick. Oh, you heard pa pam. I was like, <laughs> she what? flipped over her, her body flipped over itself I don't even understand work. because I don't I feel like she tripped over herself she tripped over the bar and then fell in or she tried she to like get didn't her... the thing is if you're gonna jump what you need to do is get onto the side of the boat hold the railings and then jump and then jump she was trying to climb over and I guess jump from the other there yeah. was never that jump was gonna fail no <laughs> the best she could hope for was that she she climbed over and fell onto the boat. I really would have hoped that she fell onto the boat or into the middle of the boat. No, she jumped in may, the water. She may have hit herself as she like hit the wheel or something like that. Because humans are built to float. So yeah. even if you jumped in the water and you went down a bit far, eventually you come back to the top. Yeah. Again. I'm saying this is a person who can't swim, so. Yes, so <laughs> I mean, I can swim, but not, not in that kind of water. She dies. Instantly. Everyone on the boat. Dead. dead. Apart from the driver. And the guy who escapes. Yeah. Um, He's probably also dead. Cut to Yeah. Portia is with... Oh, this is just before, actually. Portia yeah. is with Jack, and she's like, where have you brought me? And he says, I've dropped you at the airport. Mm. And she says, I need to go back to the hotel. He said, listen, there are more powerful forces mm. in, in, in charge. Do not go back to the hotel. Just get on your flight and go home. Mm. And Portia is terrified, because he really has dumped her in the middle of nowhere. Um, he shouted at her. Yeah. He's he's really turned. Yeah. And so he gets in the car and drives off and leaves her. I'm I'm so thankful he did just that. Like I I thought he was gonna be violent. I thought he was gonna torture her. I thought it was gonna get really really no. dark. It's quickly. clear that Portia's not worth any money to them. So what no. would be the point? It was just we the distraction for Portia. I'm assuming he was there anyway. Yeah. To fuck the dude. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can be part of our plan. Yeah. Distract the girly so we can. Um, I hope. I said the wife. I he... hope because what if that really was his nephew? No, that's messed up. <laughs> like, absolutely I messed hope. up. Absolutely messed um, up. Portia makes it to the airport, bumps yeah. into Albie. Yeah. He's like, two people, a bunch of people died at the hotel. Yeah. She's like, oh, who, who, who? Yeah. And he says, oh, I don't know. There was like a bunch of bodies on a boat, and Portia's like, that's gonna. In her head, you can tell she she's knows. like, okay, fuck it, it's Tanya. Yeah. And then she asks for Albie's number. 
just a weird, interesting Portia ending to problematic. that. Problematic. Oh, absolutely. Because I didn't like Portia. No. Again, similar to Albie, where she, Albie was looking for this like hot boy summer in the Italian coast. I think that Portia was also looking for this hot girl summer where she could like experience life she can sleep with hot guys i mean she was talking to her friend about it at the yeah beginning of the show. but i feel, i feel like that's where she failed right because you if i went on oh, going to i'm going to <laughs> italy to have sex with hot italian men first of all you've had sex with a brit say it wrong and an american she'll have sex with abby oh no but that would have been the potential yeah conquest. kissed yeah. another one you should not be seeing the same guy every night. You should be seeing a different guy every night. It's a holiday. Be a hoe. That, that's what they <laughs> put the hoe in holiday, hun. Oh about. God. Why am I going on holiday to make a boyfriend? No. I'm absolutely done. I'm trying to taste every flavour of this country. <laughs> One a day will do. I don't condone this. I, don't I do condone not condone this. I do. do what you want to do. It's your holiday. But like, don't end up with a Brit when you're in a holiday on Italy. <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah, this didn't make sense. But I, again, I think about Jack and his character was supposed to represent this like carefree young lad who, you know, can get away with things, who can dine and dash. And that was how he presented himself and how, what he represented to Portia. So I'm not surprised that they quote unquote got together. It was just interesting to see how it turned so quickly. Did you think anyone in this timeline was going to be the dead body at the end no the person i thought was going to be cameron and it kind of stayed consistent until i saw that even though you knew there was multiple dead bodies i didn't remember the multiple dead bodies and also again like at the beginning i thought the show was a murder mystery towards the end when it got to five six and then the finale was seven i was like where is this story going Nothing apart from the murder we saw teased in episode one. We've seen nothing since then. We've also seen like not even a sign. We haven't even seen a gun or we haven't seen like rope or we haven't seen a knife or any type of weapon that could be used that could be part gun, of this murder. Rope, and like, we're at sea. What's the easiest way to kill someone? We're talking about gun, rope, knife. I drown you. Oh, <laughs> she in the ocean. We've seen nothing that can imply that a murder is on his way apart from the fort in episode one. So for me, I wasn't expecting anyone to die off the bat, apart from Cameron. I thought Tanya was going to kill someone on the boat. Yeah, which well, she kind of did. I wasn't expecting to kill the whole boat. Yeah. That was crazy. I thought she was going like, to kill one and just be like, this is leverage for you to protect me. And then I thought she would, I definitely didn't think she would not, not survive what she, you just shut up the whole boat. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see how she gets out of this. Wrong. No. She's not. This is interesting. So you said in series one, Tanya was the character that carried over basically in yeah, series two. Yeah. I'm assuming that this show will get a series three. I haven't done it the research. To. But I think the performance so has been very, very good. Who do you think from the cast will be, will have a storyline that will carry over into the next who series? Who do I think or who do I want? Both. I think potentially Ethan and... Harper, mm. I'd be interested to see what the next generation of that relationship looks like, or Albie. Mm-hmm. At like you know, we meet Albie. He's like fresh out of uni. Or if we meet Albie at twenty five and he's taking, you know, one of his wounded birds as he describes Portia, out to this fancy hotel, 
to have a taste of the high life. Mm. That's well, that's also potential. I just don't think anyone else is really returning. Returning unless the the implication is whoever's coming back is about to die. Yeah. In which case, Cameron. But and Daphne. <laughs> but just because Daphne, I think Daphne ends up to me being the criminal mastermind yeah. of the entire series. Yeah, you don't want the stories to become predictable. So. That has been Scripts and Giggles final review. Yes. The twenty twenty two. Yeah. Our next episode, our final episode oh, wait, of the year. Before we do that, should we just rate? Oh yeah, of course. Should we give you some ratings? Four point five. I I think I've enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the bear in a different way. Mm. But I've enjoyed it because I binge watched the bear. Yeah. Um, this I've had like. It's been you a lovely weekly... Weekly thing. Yeah. I binge-watch... Both. The White Lotus. I binge-watch both, yeah. And for me, we were talking about this off-air. Had this show been every week, I don't think I would have been able to join every single week. So, like, I feel like it was a slow pace. As a result, even though I do think it was a great story, I'm very strong, I would probably want to give it, like, a 3.5 slash 4. That's fine. It's not because I think it's a bad story. And I I am intrigued to watch series one 100%. I love the writing. I love the pace. I do agree there's some opportunities to co-view, like you can watch with other family members. It's not that graphic. Um, I mean, it, it has graphic moments. Albie getting sucked off by Lucia. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was quite graphic for Where me. When she grabs his butt I wasn't cheeks, expecting I was like, that. I said, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. They're no. going off and they didn't need to do that no but i just i think it's just an interesting show i love being transported into the beautiful beaches of yes i will say one thing about the show the same with the hawaii um, series yeah it's really makes you want to go on holiday oh 100 percent even though a bunch of people get murdered i still i mean not in that place but i'd love to go to the white lotus i'm cool I'm not, i wouldn't be the one getting murdered though Um, but i'd love to go um i'm i want to meet valentina I, yeah. Is Valentina in? Oh no, you said there's a no. different hotel manager. But I, yeah, I think it's a very interesting premise. I just feel like I don't need to rewatch it, which I don't think I will, apart from watching series one. Um, I think the pace threw me off. But I do like the aspect that it's a murder mystery with romance, with this social commentary, and this kind of almost Big Brother esque type of Why does approach. Big Brother? Because I think you, you're seeing into so many different people's lives. Okay, so a soap. Yeah, like a soap. Like, but Big Brother's I, not soap. No, but I was just getting this element of like Big Brother, like we are being like, you know, like a hotel room is, it's almost like not secretive. It feels but, voyeuristic. Or yeah, whatever. it's private. It's like a private moment in when you're in a hotel room, with you yourself, your partner, whoever, and we are now just having this front row seat to every single person's lives and what they do and their in their inner thoughts and the secrets that they hide or have wild that's why i liked it so yeah so yes that was our last review of the year yeah um our next episode is us talking about you know some of the other things we've watched this year that we've enjoyed or hated yeah (laughs) um to put together the scripts and googles top 10 Ooh. based on scripts and googles only so based on our recommendations we get five each our top Ooh. 10 shows you should view. Yes, that is a good one. 
And then our top 10 flops. No. Yeah, I think we... Top I 10 think... flops is for the following week when we talk about our top cultural moment. Oh, that's... Okay. So we've got to spin it up. Yeah. I also think that we should talk about things that we're looking forward to seeing next year. Yeah, So some of the new shows we may have heard or seen or like seen trailers for, but that may be for, for future episodes, but... Yeah, no, yeah. I think we definitely should do it. So, this has been Scripts and Googles. With Shoshana. And Bonnie. Bye. Bye. Who would you want to be on holiday with in the group? It's so hard because if I want drama, yeah, 100% will be with Daphne and Cameron. Yeah. Um, in the same breath, I feel like Tanya will be a good time. I think I'd want to go to Sicily and be at the party with the gays, but I don't want to be murdered by the gays. Oh no, no one wanted to be. Neither did Tanya. That's why she jumped on the boat. That bit in the boat Drop, where she's flipping and reversed the, it. The captain, she's like, the gays are trying to kill me, the gays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, this is everything. I can't wait for this to become a clip. That is a meme when people are talking about the gays. It's brilliant. But if, yeah, if it wasn't Tanya, I think I would want to be on holiday with. Honestly, Lucia and Mia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were having a brilliant holiday. Of course, they were just sleeping their way through and getting 50k. I mean, I'm not going to be doing that, but I'll be at the club. I'll be spending the money. Yeah, living your soft life. Living my soft life. Um, I never really do an outro, and yes, I love you guys. Yeah. But I will say that if you do love us, please like, follow, subscribe, give us a rating. Take us to an Italian island. Don't kill us in Sicily. We'd love that. Um, do spend money on us at the hotel, please. Thank you. Bye. Bye.